Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Wrestling Show. Look, I'm holding the microphone like I'm some kind of Freddie Mercury singer. Don't know what that means. Thank you very much for anyone joining me right now live on YouTube. I appreciate it. As I check the volume, that's all good. It's lovely to see you all. It's lovely to be here. The question I get every week is, Simon, can I listen to these on podcasts? And I'm always amazed because at the start of every show I say, yes, you can listen to this on podcasts. Just search for Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show, Spotify. Acast, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple, you know, everything. Whatever you listen to podcasts on, you are able to hear my stupid voice talking to you a couple of times a week. And also you can do it live on YouTube. Search my YouTube channel, Simon Miller, give me a subscribe. Make me feel good inside my head. Other than that, you know the deal, you know the rules. Instagram and Twitter at SimonMiller316. Massive shout out to pinsandknuckles.com. Make sure you check out pinsandknucklesmerch.com where you not only can you get exclusive Simon Miller t-shirts, but obviously you can get your own t-shirts done as well if that's something you're into. So thank you to them for supporting the podcast. And Christmas is coming up. My last Christmas orders go out tomorrow. SimonMiller.BigCartel.com Obviously, if you live in America, it's not going to get to you in time. Let's not pretend otherwise. ML takes ages. But you can do it. And a massive shout out to everybody that joined the Patreon this week. Thank you so much. Looking forward to chatting to a couple of people this week on the podcast. You can guest Patreon.com forward slash Simon316. Link in the description below if you want to check it out. You can get loads of rewards. You can get videos, t-shirts, come on the podcast, postcards. I've got it all. And moving right on, before I've even joined, people have smashed some stuff out in the super chat. Yeah, if you've got any kind of question, any kind of statement, you want to call me a bald asshole, or you just want to come up with something crazy, you can do that using the super chat. I always do appreciate it. As I say, all the money goes back into doing these projects. You know the deal. Um, Tom talks rubbish in the super chat. We'll start with you. Why not? You've been there since like an hour ago when I put this live. Favorite NXT takeover matches of the year. Thanks, man. Would help me help with the top 10 list. Well, I mean, well, the first one that comes to mind is Gargano versus Cole, the uh, two out of three falls match at WrestleMania or the WrestleMania weekend, mostly because I was there live. So you're always going to sort of, you know, affiliate with it a little bit more when you're part of the crowd. Otherwise, the women's war game match, or the men's, but I'll pimp for the women's. I think there's kind of an either or um, when it comes to that. Otherwise, oh, other takeover matches have we seen? There'll be a Shayna Baszler match that I would have loved and everybody else would have hated. <laughs> I can't think. I can't think. You know what? Let's just let's go old school with this. Best NXT takeover matches 2019. It's almost 2020, people. Uh, Champa versus Alistair Black back in January. That was a good match. And Ricochet versus Adam Cole was also in February. Well, I'm going to throw them in there straight away. And the three-way, Roderick Strong, Keith Lee, Dominic Dodikovic. All of those were good. Look at that. The internet knows. A non-Dodoe guy in the Super Chat also says, do you have any specific wrestling goals for 2020? And secondly, what does AEW need to do to maintain and improve momentum going forward? Um, do I have any wrestling goals going for 2020? Keep getting booked. Keep trying to get better. Uh, I'm nowhere near like a brilliant wrestler. I'm not going to pretend otherwise. You could even watch my stuff and say that I'm crap. That's fine. But in terms of where I know where, I, obviously in January, February, March, I was still injured. But from April onwards, given thinking where I was then to where I am now, the confidence, how much more comfortable I feel, what I know I can, what I can't do, what I have to work on is night and day. Uh, one of the biggest um, disappointments I have uh, through this year 
is that Defiant Wrestling closed its doors, obviously far more important than I. But I would love to have one more match there just to show people. Look, I'm not saying I'm the best wrestler ever, but I do feel like I've come a long way. I'd love to have another match against Kirby or Nathan Cruz. I think I could do so much. I know I could do so much better. I know I could do so much better. Yeah, so the goal is to keep getting booked, keep getting matches. We've got the massive match against Sammy Callahan in April, which I still can't believe is a thing. Got some pretty cool announcements that I'll drop when we do get into the new year. And then we'll see where we are in a year's time. I'm just right now, I'm just enjoying the ride. I love the fact, I love what I do. I love all this. I love the what culture stuff. I love the rest. I just do. I, I feel like I've ticked a lot of boxes this year. And I never pat myself on the back. I'm not that kind of a guy, but I'm happy with how far how far we've come. Uh, and obviously, on Sunday, I'm up in Ely, if you're around for UBW. And I've got a Christmas tour next week, which I'll talk to you about another time. Uh, but yeah, come and see me. I'm in Ely. I'm in Tavistock. I'm in London. And I'm uh, out west, uh, east somewhere. I can't remember. Uh, what does AEW need to maintain momentum going forward? Well, keep doing what they're doing. Establish their stars. Establish their hierarchy. Like, who's your AAA stars and who are your mid-cards and your and your lower cards do. Uh, shore up the women's division a bit more. Give me some stories. Give me some narratives. Don't just keep throwing random matches at me, which is fine and I can enjoy, but I do get a bit confusing. And just, I'm not saying they are becoming WWE light. I don't think they are, but just to make sure that they continue to double down on what their identity is, which they are doing. Don't forget, we've only been here doing this like a couple of months. I think that's the key. Probably introduce a secondary title for some of the other guys to go after. And yeah, just shore everything up. But again, we started, what, October the 3rd, the 5th, whatever it was. We've got loads of time to go. Loads of time to go. So I'm not too worried about AEW. I know some people are. But um, apparently I killed some people's ears. How do I do that? People say that a lot. Miller, you killed my ears when we just joined in. Is there a way for me to start without surprising people? Because I use Streamlabs and all I do is kick live. I can't just sit here, silent. Imagine that. Imagine, I know people go away and do stuff. But if you are watching, and then I'm just here like this, you're going to be confused. That was no fun for the people listening uh, <laughs> listening on the podcast. Right, now the Super Chats are out the way. And of course, please do throw me some Super Chats in there. Always love talking to you, answering your questions. We will talk about how Raw tricked us all. How WWE pulled the wool over our eyes this week. I've seen nothing but people getting mad about this, and I completely understand why. I'm not here to try and defend it by any stretch of the imagination. The one hour long Gauntlet match, or however long it was <laughs> last night, which had, who to have in it? Let's go through it. It had Ricochet, had Umberto Carrillo, it had Matt Hardy, it had Andrade, uh, it had R Truth. I think that was everybody. I probably forgot somebody. We went through all of these matches. Some of them were good, some of them were bad. An over reliance on the most devastating move in all of Spencer Entertainment, the roll up. Still baffled that we do that over and over again, and an agent doesn't go. We've already won with a roll-up, win with something else, but whatever. And the winner of the Gauntlet match was Seth Rollins. Now, if you haven't seen Raw, the Gauntlet match was the number one contendership for the US title, right? Because the world title doesn't exist. But um, yeah, the winner was Seth Rollins, who wasn't in the Gauntlet match. I know that makes no sense, but basically Andrade came out at the end to fight Humberto Carrillo, and he was so mad, he didn't think that it would be a good idea to beat him and try and win a belt. He just beat the crap out of him, and he left. And then Seth Rollins came out and challenged Rey Mysterio to a match and he accepted. I mean, it was, one of, it was so funny. It really, really was. I was laughing, not necessarily in a, in, in a, in a good way. Um, but it just, I, just, I guess I watched, it entertained me because I, I, I knew that we could come on here and we could do ups and downs, which goes live in 55 minutes over on What Culture. Make sure you subscribe to them too. You know, it made me realize that 
realize it's not the wrong word, but I, because I get to come on here and, and laugh about this stuff, I don't mind so much. But when you take a step back and you think about it from a, a story a point of view, that is a, a big ask to, you know, ask, wrong, wrong word, but, you know, to ask people to invest in four or five matches, however long they were, and they were good. And then just say, oh, yeah, just disregard all of that. I thought that was a little bit uh, much. And the problem is that the world title isn't on Raw. I thought about this. That Gauntlet match should have been there to sub to crown a new US uh, champion or a number one contender, whatever. And Rey Mysterio should be the universal champ on that SmackDown now, the WWE champion. And we should be doing Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio for that title. And all of this would have been so much better. It would have carried more weight with Seth Rollins wanting to get revenge on Rey Mysterio for giving Kevin Owens the pipe. Why Kevin Owens wasn't on Raw, I don't know, but you can still tie that in in some sense. And then you've also got the other title for guys like Ricochet, Matt Hardy, Andrade, and Berto Correa to fight over. It made so much more sense, and it's the first time for a while I've gone, oh man, it absolutely sucks that the um, the main title isn't on Raw right now. I think it would have made this story so much better, and you wouldn't have to be cramming two narratives together, which is essentially what we did. We needed to get to Rey Mysterio versus... Uh, Seth Rollins, which is a cool program I like, and there is logic there with the pipe and Kevin Owens, but to try and make this gauntlet match mean something, they are going after what is a mid-card belt to make the Rollins Rey Mysterio mean something, it's just so complicated, it's so confusing, Um, shout out to Wimplo86 in the super chat, massively appreciate that Wimplo, love your video Simon if you were forced to write for the Lana Rusev Lashley story, how would you end it? Also prayers for Kyrie um yeah, so I'm not going to lie. I thought the Bobby Lashley-Lana stuff this week was the best thing that they've done. It only went for about five, six minutes. I thought they were obnoxious, obnoxious as they should have been. And I thought the tease with Bobby Lashley was actually decent. I re- if it had gone too long, I wouldn't have agreed with it. But I thought they came across as proper heels. They got proper heat. And that little tease was great. And the fact that Lana had that line of, um, it's just how we practiced it. I thought they came across exactly like they should have done. The problem is they need to somehow now separate them from Rusev, which is never going to work because that's the narrative. But I actually think those two in a feud and dialed back far more than we have seen in previous weeks isn't too bad. So that's what I would do. I would end the the Rusev part of it as quickly as I can, although how we get out of that, I don't know. And I would try and double down on the Bobby Lashley-Lana stuff and make them this really horrible, cringy, uncomfortable couple. I just felt like they bought in a bit more uh, more much this week. More much. What's going on with me? But yeah, the problem is... We've his context, right? If this had just been one of the first ones and they'd done this, it would have been fine. But we know in the past it's gone on forever. <laughs> like that divorce court last week went on for 77 years. But I, I thought it was better. And you mentioned prayers for Kyrie. Yeah, I got a lot of heat. I knew this was going to happen. I gave an up for the main event of the TLC match based on effort. And people can roll their eyes all they want. But those four women absolutely, absolutely killed themselves to the point Kyrie saying got a chair in the face or knocked out somewhere. I was like, I'm not giving this a down. I'm just not doing it. I refuse. Like, yeah, anyway, let's not talk about that. Shout out to Chicken Salad as well. It says, hello, Simon. My neighbor blocked my car in again, again. So it's more than once. I'm about to RKO him. Do it on the car. Then he'll learn a lesson. You should do. I won't name him in case he doesn't want to be named. But there's a British wrestler that had, it was not really the same problem, but it's a similar problem. Some guy kept parking in his space. So what he did is he blocked him in and then he went away for the day to teach him a lesson. So you could do something like that. Next time you see him, you can either RKO him for legal sake. Don't do that. It's illegal. Uh, but yeah, then he'll learn. He'll learn. That does suck, though. I was going, I had a really important date, not as in a, a relationship date, but just something to go to a meeting. 
and a, a lorry had blocked my car in. There's nothing more infuriating because like this now I can't do anything. I'm absolutely screwed. So I feel your pain, chicken salad. Oh, that was the that went crazy. There we go. Uh, shout out to QPR Forever, who I met at a recent wrestling show, uh, UPW. So thank you so much for coming down. Uh, thinking of trying a wrestling training session, you are an inspiration. That's very kind, man. I think if you're a wrestling fan, everybody should go out and just try a session. It doesn't matter if you like it, like it or don't like it, and think it's too much for you. But I think it's all. I think it's worth having a go. I really, really do because it may be something you love. It may be something you decide you don't want to do. But at least you know and you can cross it off. So QPR forever. I think you should do it. And if you do, of course, drop me a line and let me know. And Lisa, who's one of my patrons, she dropped me a line this week over the Patreon, letting me know that she's um, she's using 2020 basically to get back on the wrestling bandwagon. And I love hearing those stories. So yeah, if you are training to be a wrestler, drop me a line. Let's talk. It's uh, I I just love it. I just love it. Uh, Leo Solid Five in the super chat says, "Hand on the heart for you. Thank you very much for the support." Jerry Lawler saying that Umberto reminded him of a baby face, and then just awkward silence on commentary. It was so embarrassing. Yeah, I forgot to talk about that on ups and downs. I did make a note of it, and then when I was done, I was like, oh, I didn't talk about it. It's a bit weird, wasn't it? I mean, I get it. It's inside a baseball, and we're making references, but it kind of felt like he had just said it, and everybody froze. Like, are we meant to? Are we meant to reference this? I can't really work out what WWE is doing with Alberto Carrillo. He's gone from losing all the time to winning all the time. I quite like him. I think he probably needs a manager or something like that. But that moonsault was a thing of beauty. So that's always going to be, uh, you know, an ace up your an ace up your sleeve. And I liked his match with Ricochet a little bit too long after everything else we had just seen. Maybe that's because I'm looking at it in hindsight, knowing it was worthless. But it was good. It was good. I, I like him. I think he's got something. I just think you need to figure him out. And don't necessarily treat him like uh, like everybody else. But again, that that you can say that the problem with WWE in general is that sometimes they they fall into a pattern. But yeah, the, the Gauntlet match was absolutely, as my title says, a trick. It was, and I don't think necessarily you can do that. And it's a shame because all the other Gauntlet matches that we've seen in recent history have been good. I remember the one with Seth Rollins when he went like forty minutes. The Kofi Kingston one when it teased us with him getting the world championship. You know, they really did have decent payoffs. So to to go through all of this and then you kind of look back and go, man, we could have achieved all of that in five minutes and maybe freed up some other times for other else. Not not ideal. I think it kind of happens most years in December, knowing that the Royal Rumble is just around the corner. WWE gets to their last pay-per-view and then takes their foot off the gas. Like you can go and read the results for next week's show right now because they did a double taping. And I respect WWE for that. Like credit where credit is due. You should give the guys off and girls off the week over the holidays if you can. I know that some people watching this now probably don't necessarily get that off. But it's nice that they do. But because of that and because they know they're going to have a lax, lax, lax crowd because they're going to wear them out. Again, they just take their foot off the pedal. And it means we get shows like this. Like if you didn't watch Raw, you didn't miss anything. Like even the AJ Styles Randy Orton match just finished in a way to make a match for next week. So you could just watch next week's and you'll still be up to date. Uh, with where you are even the set that's probably why kevin owens wasn't even on it i mean the may seth rollins takeaway do love this new seth rollins heel character i think it suits him far better i'm already far more interested and in, and in, in, like i say intrigued by seth rollins um you know his main takeaway from this was to to build the match with rey mysterio which i do want to see a heel seth rollins who is good i think we've forgotten about this now because we shout and scream over twitter but he is a very good professional wrestler having him take on one of the best wrestlers ever ray mysterio where he's the bad guy so he can cheat and have the aop get involved i'm quite looking forward to it so there were good stuff that came out of this raw but i think it's all going to be paid off in seven days time and like i say two a third of it was a gauntlet match that had no winner or the winner was seth rollins who didn't compete (laughs) 
I love it. Shout out to Darren Davis in the super chat. Just threw some money in there. Thank you, Darren. I appreciate it. See you repping that Austin 316 T. And of course, when you do do the super chat, which way would it be? Up there? I'd be getting the little Stone Cold Steve Austin. And when you subscribe too, so if you haven't subscribed and you don't want to, just do it anyway so you can see Stone Cold Steve Austin smashing some beers together. That's worth it. Uh, Sean Gearhorn in the super chat says, mad respect for... Kyrie saying for trying to finish the match on Sunday, but how the hell do the refs not remove her from the equation? Not a good look for WWE. I mean, the problem is, Sean, is that the mentality in wrestling, and not just in WWE, in all of professional wrestling, is that you don't stop the match at all. Now, whether that's right or wrong, we can debate. I've made videos for what culture before where I've said, if it was up to me, I'd put health and safety first and I would stop matches. I know it ruins our entertainment and it ruins the emotion and the feel, but nothing to me is more important than the well-being of another person. And I think maybe that was a bigger light was shone on that on Sunday because we've seen concussions before, but this was a concussion met with confusion. And when you see a confused person, you know, trying to make their way through a match where really they don't know what the hell's going on, it is very concerning. So that's what I would do. I would have a concussion protocol. I'd have an injury protocol. If, even if somebody breaks their finger, just stop the match. They'll get over it quicker. I understand that it's not cool and it's not tough, but I don't think that I care about that. Like I think, I think I would much rather, I would much rather, again, somebody comes back quicker and is able to do the thing that they love, as opposed to we think that they're tough people. You know, I just don't, I don't care if they're a tough person. I just don't care. Well, I don't care. I think, oh, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I think it's uncomfortable to watch and I don't think it adds anything. And it, again, we're so, the curtain has been pulled back so much now. You can pick up on this stuff. Maybe you wouldn't have noticed it 20 or so years ago, but now we know what the deal is. So if somebody is injured, just stop. Send a referee out there. Just send a referee out there and take her away. Oscar knows what she's doing. And if it's one-on-one, -on -one, stop the match. If anybody goes on Twitter and goes, oh, you ruined the match, flip those guys. You know, flip those guys. I've just realized I forgot to put... This. <laughs> I screwed up my title. It's meant to be WWE Tricks on Raw and TLC 2019 Fallout. There you go. I've done it now. Silly boy. I've got some other super chats I will get to now. My man, Jay Mitzer. Jay Mitzer? Yeah, good name. Simon, <laughs> can you please stop saying sports entertainment? No, Jay. It's an official term. Don't try and take out my sports entertainment and from the WWE universe. <laughs> how dare you if you keep doing this the fiend bray Wyatt is going to turn up with the big dog roman reigns and i'm not going to give you the official hashtag for today i don't mind sports entertainment i don't mind wwe superstars i'm not massively fan of wwe universe just because i don't think it works in a sentence but i i expect I, ex I accepted sports entertainment when i was like five so it's hard for me to to move on now cotton candy lover who so far wins best name of the day in the super chat thanks so much hey simon not wrestling related but i'm 26 years old and can't break 120 pounds any advice to gain weight love you man keep up the great work thanks dude i mean look it sucks we'd have to have a deeper chat about this so feel free to send me a message you need eating that sounds dumb well, of course i know you're gonna be you've tried this but you do need to eat. Like the story I always tell is I struggle to put on weight, not to the point that, that you are, I don't think. And I remember sitting there with my friend Luke, who was the guy that got me into bodybuilding, and literally pushing rice into my mouth as bits fell out because I didn't want to put any more on my stomach. But you have to expand your stomach to do it. And it was awful. I know it sounds ridiculous, and it probably was unhealthy if we're completely honest. I mean, I was like 17, 18 years old. 
But that's the way you've got to do it. Now, I would never advise that. I don't think you should eat to the point of making yourself feel sick. But if you're really struggling to put on weight, I'd say the best thing to do is liquid diets. So keep eating what you're eating, but introduce some kind of mass gainer, some kind of carbohydrate shake. Get a good one. Some of them are packed full of sugars. You can actually get one that are quite nutritionally balanced. But that's what I would do, cotton candy lover. I'd make love to that cotton candy. And then I would, yeah, try a, try a weight gainer shake a couple of times a day. Some of them have got like oh, 600 calories in. So you've already added, if you had two, you've added 1,200 calories to your diet. But be careful, obviously, because increasing you know, that much at a quick time, you could put on the wrong kind of weight. So just make sure you monitor it as you go. Uh, Baron Rickett has done a very good super chat because he can segue right into what I wanted to talk about anyway. My take on the Fiend matches. They are a kayfabe way to give the wrestlers a reset. The Fiend changes you when he beats you and because he isn't a default bad guy because people love him, the change can either, excuse me, be heel or face. Uh, and quick shout out to Sidewalk Close in the super chat as well. Thank you, my friend. Just put some money in there. Baron, I agree with you. I love the Fiend and I love Bray Wyatt. I want to talk about TLC. Um... The, I, I thought the Miz-Bray Wyatt match was troublesome just because I was desperate to see the Miz act like a man possessed, right? His family's back against the ropes and, you know, he wants to kill this man. He didn't. He just stood back and he watched. And then we had a very odd kind of... I get what they were trying to achieve. I just felt, it felt a bit janky, right? There was, there was no real flow to it. But in terms of Bray Wyatt, the character, when I am watching and I'm suspending my disbelief. I am perfectly happy to pretend that Bray Wyatt and The Fiend are now different characters. And that all comes down to the performance of, what's his name? Whatever it is, Rotunda. I can't remember his real name. And that is credit to him. Like, what an absolute hero. What an absolute genius of wrestling. And I haven't, you know, I deliberately haven't been bashing out the golden up over on ups and downs for a while because I want to make it mean something. But I laughed so much at that TLC entrance of Bray Wyatt when he looked like a kid in a candy store. I was like, I've got to do it. I got too much entertainment out of that. And again, it was that performance that allowed me to separate The Fiend with Bray Wyatt, which is exactly what he was trying to do. And I do love the fact that he transforms people, like uh, my man Baron says, into, into their old characters. So Finn Balor is now Prince Devitt. Seth Rollins is the old asshole architect, you know, turned on the shield guy. And Daniel Bryan's gone back to being the American dragon. I mean, that's, that's, that's basically gone heel, heel, and Daniel Bryan is still a face. So it is absolutely wonderful. Whether it's intentional or not, I don't know. But much like the Undertaker streak back in the day, I hope WWE jumps on it and basically uses it as the lake of reincarnation. So if you want to turn Matt Hardy back into, you know, the delete guy, broken, woken one, have him lose to The Fiend. If you want to, who else could go back in time? If you want to make Drew McIntyre three-man band, have him lose to The Fiend. You know, I, I think it's, I, I really, really do enjoy it. And... Yeah, so if you look at it, I didn't mind the one at Crown Jewel, even though it's Crown Jewel. But between the Seth Rollins and the Miz matches, yeah, not my favorite of the year. But it's not always about work rate. It's about characterization and personalization and, and personas and presentation. And I think Bray Wyatt, if, if I had an award, I'll do some kind of awards this year. I don't know what I'll come up with, but I'll come up with something. I, I would give that whatever that award would be to Bray Wyatt. And I, and I love it. And I love how it's helped other people too. Like Finn Balor feels fresh. I really, as we've already talked about, thinks this change has helped Seth Rollins. I'm not entirely sure about new Daniel Bryan, but we can't jump on it yet. I need to see what happens on SmackDown. But let's face it, it's Daniel Bryan. No matter what he's doing or what he looks like, I love him. Can't help it. He's Daniel Bryan. He's the best. But yeah, I think that was my highlight of TLC. The entrance alone, which sounds dumb, but let's not pretend that we don't enjoy that. Like sometimes I say things like that. Oh, Miller, you're just not a real wrestling fan. It's not always about the wrestling. It can be an angle. It can be a promo. It can be an entrance. It doesn't matter. Whatever you enjoy. I thought TLC was all right. There was just, you know, the Viking Raiders OC was even stranger in hindsight because we did it on Raw and the OC won. And then Bobby Rusev versus Bobby Rusev. <laughs> Bobby Lashley versus Rusev 
it was what it was. But I'd seen so many tables and kendo six and violence by that match, you know, it, it got taken away. And we talked about the Kyrie Sane or the Kabuki Warriors versus Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch match. I know it wasn't the best thing in the world, and I know that it didn't. I know that it had its issues, but yeah, with the injury to Kyrie Sane and the amount of effort they put in, sometimes that speaks louder to me than the the quality. And that's what I felt when I watched it. As I don't feel comfortable giving this a down, as dumb as you may think that is. I try and take it. I don't take myself seriously, but I try and take my surroundings quite seriously. I just didn't think it was fair. And I thought about that one a lot. I really did. That's why you can watch it. You can see in what I'm saying that I, that I considered it. But it's, I think I'd, imagine you're doing your job and somebody involved all of a sudden isn't 100% there because they've been knocked out. You know, for, even for them to get through it, I thought was, I thought was, uh, I just thought it was good. I liked it. We did have two awesome matches, like the Revival versus the New Day in that ladder match. I didn't even want to see that match just because I felt like I'd had my fill with the amount of times they fought, but they absolutely smashed it. Absolutely brilliant. And WWE doesn't really do bad uh, ladder matches, I realize now. And while the crowd wasn't super into it, you know, and um, Alistair Black versus uh, Buddy Murphy was top. I thought that was great. I think it was a great way to try and get the fans behind them more. Kick the crap out of each other. It looked like Alistair Black broke his nose, but it helped his, you know, the aura and the atmosphere of him. The Black Mass feels to me like it's going to become a new RKO, just smashes it out of nowhere. Didn't hurt Buddy Murphy because he hit it so sweetly. I was like, well, yeah, that would knock anybody out. It's like a fight when you see two guys going at it and someone loses, not by a fluke, but by a good shot. You're like, well, what do you do? Like a Deontay Wilder fight, right? When he fought Ortiz. It's just like, okay, well, you're not going to get up with that, are you? So, yeah, I didn't mind that. And then, yeah, everything else was a bit... The Roman Reigns-Baron Corbin match, I think, was the most disappointing. Just because... I thought it would be okay. I'm not invested in the fuse. I'm just not. For no reason. I'm not saying it's bad. It just, it just hasn't grasped me. Like, you watch any kind of soap opera, you're not going to love every single thing they do. But given how good, you know, Roman Reigns is, and I think Baron Corbin it gets a bit of a, a kicking when there's no need... It didn't really feel like a TLC match. It went too long. The fact it took 700 people to beat Roman Reigns is like, well, that's ridiculous. The fact that somebody got hit in the head with a can of dog food, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And the rumor now is, do you remember the hand that came out from below the ring on SmackDown to stop uh, Roman Reigns running away when he was getting handcuffed? Apparently that is going to turn out to be Drake Maverick's hand. And just a rumor, just speculation from the Wrestling Observer and plans change all the time. I don't know how I feel about Drake Maverick being the manager of Baron Corbin. I mean, we'll see. I've met uh, the former Rock Spar Spud once. And I really do think he has a good brain for wrestling. He really gets it. So hopefully, you know, he's able to, to, to make this one work as well. But does, does he need anybody else in his damn crew, Baron Corbin? I mean, he's going to be the court jester or something, isn't he? I'm going to push my eye into my microphone like I'm doing now. But yeah, that, I thought that was slightly disappointing. And I believe that was that was pretty much it, right? That was the TLC card. It very much did feel like the last pay-per-view of the year. I kind of feel like we're in by-the-numbers territory now, and we'll get to January, and things will get great again. We've already got the Royal Rumble commercials, right? So, so you know, we're getting close to that. But, uh, yeah, and I feel that kind of tied into, in, into Raw as well. In fact, let me get my notes up in case there's anything that I've, um, I've forgotten that I, should, uh, that I should talk about. Oh, no, that's a, that's a top 10 list, Simon. <laughs> it's not what you want. Yeah, I didn't get Viking Raiders versus OC. The Liv Morgan video, that's what I want to talk about. Before I do, shout out to Sean Gearhorn in the Super Chat. Thank you, man. Always supporting. I appreciate it. Makes a great point, does old Sean. Can we get Kofi, his Jamaican accent, back using The Fiend? Great point. Have The Fiend versus Kofi Kingston. I'll buy into that match. And yeah, let's have him go back to Jamaican Kofi. Why the hell not? Still one of the weirdest gimmicks ever. 
How did they ever think they were going to ride that one out? It's like when Santino Marella had his Italian accent. I've told this story before. I'll tell it again. I did some interviews with um, a bunch of talent because I got lucky enough to go to WrestleMania 24. And he just came in. He went, look, guys, just pretend I'm using my Italian accent. I'm really tired. And he just dropped it. And that made it even more cooler because it was like a window into, into the behind the scenes. Yeah, the Liv Morgan stuff. Now, we have to walk tentatively and cautiously with this because this video should have aired about seven years ago after Charlotte Flair beat her and we would tease this. And we remember what happened with Emma and Emmalina. If you don't know, Emma became Emmalina, then went back to being Emma and got fired. So I, <laughs> let's, not, let's hope that doesn't happen again. But I like the idea of it. Like, it didn't actually make any sense because she was part of the Riot Squad before, which was a group that was completely, you know, anti-everything. So trying to pretend that she had to conform was a bit nuts. But screw that. Let's not worry about it. I like the presentation. I like the way it was done. I like the way it was shot. There's something about Liv Morgan. Like, I watch her. Like, when I first saw Rhea Ripley, I'm like, oh, I think they could do something with you. And now look where she's got. I think Liv Morgan just needs a bit of an opportunity. And I'm hoping this is that and that she's able to, you know, turn into a, turn into a different character. So I thought that was well done. I would like more intriguing things like this. It left me wanting to see what's going to happen next week. Are we going to get another video? Will she debut? Who's she going to be aligned with? What's she going to look like? You know, because she's washed all the Harley Quinn stuff out of her hair. Yeah, just decent. Just decent, I thought. Uh, we talked about Lana and Bobby Lucev. We talked about the Gauntlet match, which obviously went on for an incredible amount of time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oscar versus Diana Parazzo. My word. I mean, it was a good match. The match was fine, right? I actually quite enjoyed it. But what was that? Here's a promo video for, for this new person you've ever seen before. Loses. <laughs> I just don't get it. I just don't get it. A lot of people mentioned the Becky Lynch interview too. Yeah, nice and simple. See, you don't have to over overthink things sometimes. In fact, if we had had that Becky Lynch promo two months ago, three months ago, we wouldn't have had to gone to all this tag team stuff. It's nice and simple. She now believes that management and the office don't think that she can beat Oscar. They want to try and protect her women's title. That's why all this has been going on. But now Becky needs to prove to herself in 2020 that she can beat the Empress of Tomorrow, and that's what she wants to do. There you go. Nice and easy. That sets up a great Raw Women's Championship match. You can do it at the Rumble. If Becky Lynch wins, you can tie it off that it's been a year and she got redemption. I'd have Oscar win, but that's a whole other story. We won't talk about it today because WWE won't follow where I want them to follow. So yeah, that was nice. And then Randy Orton versus AJ Styles, I thought was good too. It was just it's just there to set up a six-man tag next week, I would presume. Like I say, I haven't read the results. And Randy Orton and AJ Styles are just good. I just like them. I like both guys. I think they're really good at what they do. AJ Styles as a heel in this role, I just get I'm very entertained by. And even though Randy Orton's promo where he basically said, Seth, uh, Seth, AJ, you better not forget this is raw. Bizarre, not a threat. But, you know, no, that was good. Dan Lemley in the Super Chat says, I agree with your point about Drake, but I also think his character fits with Baron. I, th I see what you mean. Well, yeah, because he can be... I mean, the King Corbin character is quite silly, right? It's quite over the top. So you could easily do that with, um, with Drake Maverick too. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. And I think most things that Drake Maverick is given, or Rockstar Spud, or whatever the hell he was called in TNA, I actually think he's quite good at adjusting to. So I think he'll do a decent job. It's just whether or not we need anybody else adding to that court i don't know whatever you want to call it but we'll see we'll see like i'm surprised that roman reigns didn't just beat him i'm convinced now that roman reigns is winning the raw rumble just because the way that he's being booked but we'll see but yeah we'll see we'll see dan we will see geeked out nation the super chat says thank you very much as always appreciate it as, as i say any super chat money any patron money i use to free up time uh, so i can do this um this week's crowd has been bad why do you think this is i saw a lot of threads about this talking about crowds recently in wwe 
and they're moaning at them saying they should be louder and i do understand that because one of aew's biggest strengths is how loud the crowd is and it really gets you invested and it makes you feel what you're watching is a huge deal but that's up to wwe right if you're going to react to something you're going to be loud i know they're like corpus christi everybody said is just a crap crowd but if you actually engage with people and you actually get them to react then you know, you, you will you will get noise. And we'd all want good crowds wherever we go. But I can only presume that people are sitting on their hands because they're thinking to themselves, well, I'm not actually that invested in what I'm seeing. And WWE Live is a great time out. I think even if you go to a quote-unquote bad show, it's still a lot of fun. But yeah, they have been more noticeable. But I guess you just need to, you need to find a way to, you know, it's, it, again, it's the performer's job to make, to make people uh, react. I mean, if we talk about TLC... You know, Andrade versus Umberto on the pre-show started that way. Not that many people cared. And by the end of it, they were chanting, this was awesome. So they listened to the crowd and they gave them what they want. And that's good professional wrestling. They should they deserve a tip of the cap for that. And I guess that's what WWE needs to do with its Raw shows. It needs to figure out a way to, to get that kind of reaction to engage them in that way. But of course it sucks. Of course it's, you, you want loud crowds always. Uh, Geek Down Nation, the Super Chat also says, So The Fiend kidnaps Daniel Bryan and terms him good, but why? Well, Daniel Bryan kind of explained that. You know, it was a couple of weeks ago when he first did the Yes Movement thing again. He was like, you know, it showed him how the fans never gave up on him and even though he turned his back on them. I mean, it wasn't the greatest explanation ever, but it's a better explanation than, say, Cesaro joining Sami Zayn's unit. There wasn't one. Or the fact Bailey turned heel. There wasn't one. Uh, or when AJ Styles turned heel. There wasn't one. So I will take that explanation. But... Um, I guess it's just, you know, the, was it the enemy of the enemy is my friend kind of a deal? Daniel Bryan knows that he's in a situation where he needs to embrace the crowd again, and he has. It, was a silly, it, it wasn't a silly idea to turn Daniel Bryan heel because that character was great. But everyone just loves him. Everyone just thinks he's the best. So you might as well just go with it, right? You might as well just clap your hands and think, hell yeah, why, uh, why the hell not? So Raw to me was a, it was a by-the-numbers show, which I don't mind. I get if you've got 52 weeks of television, you're going to have to do it. But the problem is that you can miss it and it wouldn't make a difference. That's the shame. That's the shame. There was nothing on here that was sort of must-see television. Um, and the Gauntlet match, I completely understand why it has uh, <laughs> why it has irked people uh, so much. But, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's something we can talk about, right? That's something we can talk about and go with moving forward. And as for, as for TLC, I think, it, like, I think the two kind of, they kind of mold into one. Uh, it will be, well, I mean, you can tell on Raw, the fact we did the OC versus the Viking Raiders again is a testament to the fact we're like, okay, we're done with that pay-per-view. Let's move on to, um, to you know, whatever pay-per-view is next. So, yeah, interesting week for WWE. Uh, we'll move into SmackDown, and then that's pretty much it, because again, I assume they're doing SmackDown live next week, that's just in the middle between Christmas and New Year. But yeah, you can go and read all of Raw's results in seven days should you so wish i haven't done it yet but i will do it later because i can't help myself i'm a spoiler fiend um and it'll be interesting to see how it comes across on tv because i think they started the tapings last night at half five instead of their usual time because they didn't want to keep people in the venue there past midnight right which would have been nuts so they brought it all forward um but that's that's a, that's a lot. I mean, I think they said they got Raw done in two and a half hours. Five and a half hours of wrestling is... We talked about it before. Doing anything for that amount of time is just pff, hard. It's just hard. It is. And I know there's one guy going to have sex for five and a half hours. No, you wouldn't. A, you wouldn't be able to last for five and a half hours. And second of all, your, you know, penis is going to be red raw. Just skin, man. Shout out to Sean Gearhorn in Super Chat that says, if Roman does win the Rumble, will he face The Fiend or Brian at Mania, assuming they will fight at said Rumble? Well, I've now convinced myself 
As well as, like I say, Roman's going to win the Rumble. I think they're going to do Bray Wyatt slash The Fiend versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 36. And I think Roman Reigns will win. And I worry that's going to reset all the progress we've made with Roman. But what do you do? I will be surprised if it's April the 4th next year, I think. I will be surprised on April the 4th if we don't end WrestleMania with Roman Reigns having his 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, whatever it is, title win. And I guess it all depends on how they do the feud. It's going to be hard to get people to boo Bray Wyatt, given that he spent a couple of weeks tormenting a man's family and all he did was get cheered when they arrived in um, and they arrived for TLC. So that's going to be difficult, especially against someone like Roman Reigns, who a certain you know portion of the audience just loves to boo regardless. But that yeah, if somebody wants my predictions for 2020, which we will also do, it'll be Roman wins the Rumble, Roman beats Bray Wyatt for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania. But maybe they'll have a good match, right? Tom Talks Rubbish in the Super Chat says, One final one for Xmas. I love all you do. Thank you, Tom. That is a very nice thing to say. And that is a very nice thing to do. It is Christmas, a week tomorrow. I mean, that's right, right? I'm not making that up. Where the hell did this year go? It is a week tomorrow. I don't want to get too much off topic here. But does that terrify anybody else? It was Christmas like yesterday. I remember when I was a kid and my parents used to say, I wouldn't mind it if Christmas was like, you know, once every two years. And as a kid, you're like, nah, man, I want Christmas all the time. Now I get it. It just comes around so fast. It's another Raw Rumble. It's another Raw Rumble already. Don't forget, Seth Rollins won the last Raw Rumble. What a year Seth Rollins has had. He has gone from a guy we were all behind, people that we loved, people that we were desperate, you know, to to have this huge success. He got it. And now he's back to being a heel again. (laughs) Some people are just born to be heels. Shout out to Paul the Cripple. Hey, man, if that's your name, that's your name in the Super Chat. I appreciate it. On December the 26th, The Fiend versus Miz versus Brian in Cincinnati House Show. Possible Raw Rumble preview. I don't see why The Miz deserves to be in a Raw Rumble match. It's fine on house shows and dark matches. It doesn't count. But he lost easily to The Miz. I hope they don't do that. That will irk me because he has no right to be in that match. Look, I'm not going to lie. I'm a positive dude, and I love WWE, and I love all of wrestling. I do. I really, I just enjoy watching it, even when it's dumb. But stuff like that, or, for example, on Raw, to give a more topical example, with Andrade being like, oh, by the way, I'm in a gauntlet match. And you're like, bro, you lost last week and last night. Like, what do you have to imagine that in any other sporting thing? We lost, but we're turning up to the Super Bowl. Why? Because we just want to be here. But you lost. Yeah, but, you know, whatever. We want to win. All right, cool. It's like, these things don't matter in the grand scheme of things. But they do sort of, you know, chip away your armor after a while. Just don't have him lose and put him in a gauntlet match. That's fine. But if Andrade had won, which he could have done and chose not to, he would have been the US uh, number one contender for the US title despite being on a losing streak. <laughs> it just doesn't. Uh, it's funny. Yes, the Miz doesn't deserve to. Uh, the Miz doesn't deserve to be in that, as far as I'm concerned. But I'm trying to think of anything on SmackDown we should have talked about. I don't think so. SmackDown was a very again moving into TLC didn't really do much. I don't. I don't mind Roman Reigns being a superhero when it when you know he's throwing all the and it looks cool. It's just the problem is the payoffs are always a bit ugh, like it was at TLC. I'm going to go make sure there's no news dropping. I always do this after that Paul Heyman, Eric Bischoff stuff dropped. We were doing a podcast. And I was like, I better, I, I better go and check it out. The only thing that's really doing um, the rounds is a, a report about Alistair Black's injury. He just suffered a bloody nose. No, it wasn't broken. Okay, good for him. Yeah, uh, Vince McMahon and Triple H weren't at the TLC pay-per-view, which is interesting, especially from a Vince McMahon point of view. doesn't surprise me about Triple H. He must be insanely busy now. But, you know, Vince McMahon does seem to be spending more of his time working on the XFL, which obviously launches in two months' time. Again, where the hell did that come from? Do you remember when they announced it for 2020? You're like, 2020? Aliens will be down here by then, but they haven't. So... 
It'll be interesting to see how that affects things. Does it give Paul Heyman more power? Does it give um, uh, Bruce Pritchard more power on SmackDown? How does Triple H get involved in that? Does he stick to NXT? Do we have a bit of a reshuffle? But yeah, Vince McMahon wasn't there at the TLC pay-per-view. So, for example, if you didn't like the commentary, had nothing to do with Vince McMahon. He wasn't there. Jay Mitzer in the Super Chat says, What do you think of Emelina 2.0, Liv Morgan? Well, yeah, like we said earlier, great start, good presentation, good video, got me intrigued, too far after the fact in terms of a narrative and when you need to pique people's interest. But let's see what they do with it. If in 2020 I can get a revamped, interesting Liv Morgan character that has a bit of depth and a bit of characterization, that's what I want. And I like that from you know everybody on the roster. Give me more of her. Give me more of Carmella. Give me more of Bobby Lashley. Could, well, Bobby Lashley's all right at the moment. At least he's got a storyline. But Ricochet could use more on Berto Carrillo. I like all of these things to give me sort of pieces of the puzzle to let me know more about who this person is. That way, when they're wrestling, I can decide, do I like them? Do I not like them? Am I invested? Uh, and, and so on and so forth. Um, Samoa Joe on commentary too, I should shout out. My word, is he good. Makes it feel real. Is completely believable. Puts the right people over. Sold the AOP like they were a beast. When he screws up, I, I wasn't even sure it was a screw up. He covered himself so well if it was. But when he said that the OC were the tag title, uh, tag champions, like, well, they should be, they should be. The way he did it felt completely organic. He came across, this is going to be controversial, but I do think Joe Rogan does a good job uh, as the color guy on, on um, UFC. I think he adds a bit of legitimacy to it. And that's the kind of, I got the same feeling for Samoa Joe. He made me feel like what I was watching was real. And that's what commentators announcements should do. And he gave me a bit of colorization, a bit of characterization, you know, just fingers, thumbs up all around. I, I don't want him now to be put on commentary because Samoa Joe, the wrestler, still has loads in the tank. And I'm sure that won't happen. But when he does decide to retire, give him this role straight away. And I saw there was a bit of controversy on the internet this week. I think Corey Graves tweeted out that him and um, Vic Joseph were the new Michael Cole and Taz. Or the improved, I should say, and Taz didn't like that. I think Samoa Joe offers something completely different to Taz. I like Taz. I think Taz made that transition really well. It can't have been easy to go from wrestling to doing that. It's two completely different skills. But Samoa Joe just, just has it down. I guess because he's been a wrestler, he knows how to what, what he would want people to say about him. And he's kind of not really a face. He's not really a heel. Kind of just calls it like he sees it. But yeah. I, uh, oh, man, do I want him to come back to the ring, though. I miss Samoa Joe. Although, he's never going to be world champion as much as I want him to be. 2020 is going to be an interesting year. Like, who is going to be the breakout star in 2020? Is there going to be a breakout star? Like, a lot of people still got their money on Ricochet. I don't necessarily think it means anything too big. But let's not forget that Ricochet versus uh, Cedric Alexander was the main event on main event this week. <laughs> That's what they did. I don't know why they did that. I don't know why Cedric Alexander has vanished off the face of the planet. But that was the decision that was made. So... Interesting times to see what's going to go down. Obviously, Seamus will be back, so that's cool. I'm looking for news again. I don't think we're all good. I think we're all good. I don't think anything massive has, has dropped because it would... Uh, well, you'd probably tell me before before I even looked. Well, no, I think we're good. Do let me know what you thought about all the wrestling over the last couple of days. We thought SmackDown, TLC. Uh, are you excited about AEW and NXT this week? They're both going commercial free for the first opening matches to try and fight each other. Because hilariously, we haven't talked about this, I don't think. They pulled exactly the same rating last week. What was it? 700 and something thousand, right? I can't remember what it was. But the exact same rate. It's literally like the difference of a few hundred, which is, I thought it was brilliant. And everyone just rolled their eyes at me. But you're allowed to do that. You know, you're allowed your opinions too. I want them. I want all companies to do well. I understand that it's not great because AEW is heading in the wrong direction. But you never know where it's going to. I don't think we've bat leveled out anywhere yet. Um, and fair play to NXT for, for you know getting back in the fight. But I would love it if they could both start averaging one million viewers every single week. It means there's two million people. Obviously, a lot of crossover. But two million people watching wrestling on a Wednesday night. There's nothing wrong with that. 
I do think, you know, the current landscape is a bit worrying because there is so much wrestling on TV. I think it's so easy to get burned out. Like this week, if you were going to watch Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, NWA, uh, Impact's always got shows, and TLC, and maybe you watch the UFC too, you know, it's, it's still combat sports to a certain extent. I can totally understand you, but I just need a break. But you don't get a break from WWE because then Raw is here and something else. So that's my only worry. But yeah, it would be great if we could get to 2 million people on a Wednesday. I think that would be, uh, I think that'd be awesome. Anthony Taglin in the Super Chat is always supporting. Anthony, you're a good man. T-Dog sending some love. Hashtag hand on heart. Absolutely, T-Dog. And I mean, as well as Anthony and everybody else, you know, thank you to everyone who has supported the podcast um, uh, this year. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, far bigger than it was in January 2019. And that's all I can ever ask of of anybody so thank you to everybody that supports thank you to everybody that's interested gets involved listens on the podcast you know puts the money in the super chat watches live on youtube subscribes please do subscribe we're close to how far away now on the road to 100,000 we're 92.1 so we basically got a thousand more than last week that's all right that's all right eight thousand to go ah oh, such a nerd uh she can go on the super chat shout out to sean as well always supporting for the year uh black and murphy are raw guys right how do they not have the guys from the best match from tlc on the follow-up show are they Raw guys? I thought they were SmackDown guys. Do you know what, dude? I think you're right. I don't know. This is the problem with a stupid wild card. I'll tell you. I'll tell you where they are. So he's going to whip on my table because I need to get any. There you go. Someone asked me about my goals for 2020. Get a better damn table than this stupid thing that wobbles around. Well, I need a new house. But that's, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, he is performing on the Raw brand. To be fair, though, I know we just read that thing out where they said that he... Um, He's cleared. Maybe they had to wait for him to be cleared. I'll give WWE a pass on this one. His face was all screwed up. Maybe they had to wait for the clearance and they didn't get it. I know you could... When saying that, you could have just sent Buddy Murphy out there for a promo, though. But he did lose. We'll give him a pass. We'll see what happens next week. Uh, yeah, shout out, of course, to NWA. You had Marty Skrull debut with them this week. I don't think it's going to be a long-term thing. I'm still convinced he's going to end up in AEW. But look, man, you know, on that pay-per-view, it caused a big deal. People were talking about it. People were excited. So more power to him. Like he's a he's a, a free agent and he's a massive get for anybody, be that NXT, AEW, or NWA. Let me know in the chat. Just one word. NXT, AEW, um, NWA. Not where you want him. Sorry, not where you think he'll go, where you want him to go. Where do you want Marty Scale, the villain, to go next? You are NXT, AEW, NWA. That's it. I'll let you know who wins. Geeked Out Nation, the super chat says, disrespectful Oscar's win was cut off by the men's brawl. Yeah, I wasn't a massive fan of that. Obviously, talking about the end of TLC, where that brawl between Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin and everybody else just spilled out. I mean, we should be pushing the Kabuki Warriors because they're this amazing team uh, that WWE has stumbled across by accident. I think they're great. I love them. And it would have been good to see them sort of bask in their glory. Keith Lee, shout out. So, yeah, I, I didn't really get that. But loads of people liked the brawl. They thought it was a more interesting way to, uh, to end the show. I just think you could have maybe, you know, prolonged it by a couple of minutes. And I, this, I think my thing with it was... That spear by Roman Reigns onto everybody was amazing, like genuinely amazing. Do that in your match. That would have got me, you know, to, to buy in a little bit more. But yeah, I agree. And Brandon Carvalho in the Super Chat says, who do you think will win the Rumble? Roman Reigns is my pick. Given everything that's going right now, I think Roman Reigns is going to win the Rumble. I thought Drew McIntyre for a while, but he wasn't even on TV this week. So they'd really have to push him hard. I think I'll have the Iron Man spot when he's in there for ages and, and he, you know, deliminates del loads. But yeah, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is my choice. And we're getting all the uh, Marty Scale stuff through now. Most people saying AEW, couple of NXTs, couple of uh, 
couple of um, NWAs, but now AEW is the big one. So let's switch gears as well. Once once we're done with that, who will win the Royal Rumble? Who do you want to win the Royal Rumble? Not who do you think, who do you want to win the Royal Rumble? So I think, you can write think too, just make sure you make it clear. I think Roman Reigns will win. But yeah, in terms of who I'd want to win, Daniel Bryan, even though it doesn't make any sense, but that would make me happy because everything Daniel Bryan does make me happy. Rusev, again, unrealistic, but we're talking about the pursuit of joy here. Who's a more realistic one that I wouldn't mind for a big push? Alistair Black and big push to WrestleMania. Again, long shot to say the least, but that would rock. Let me know who you think in the chat. Who should win the Royal Rumble for you as a wrestling fan? And if you sort of have a WWE idea, you can, uh, you can throw that in there as well. Kevin Owens is a great shout. Kevin Owens is a great shout for the Royal Rumble. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in this feud with Seth. Can Seth Rollins lose after he just turned heel? The WWE see, still see Kevin Owens as a bit of a you know shifting commodity. Um, which they have done in the past, which always sucks for me. I'd love him to be the top babyface. We'll, we'll have a look. Some people saying Andrade. Some people saying Keith Lee, CM Punk, as always. Uh, Kofi Kingston, I uh, can't see it. Ricochet, Kevin Owens there again. So, yeah, someone says, do you have writers or do you wing it? I don't know if they're talking to me or not. I mean, in terms of the stuff I do, no, I don't have writers. It's all me. Simon Miller is a one-stop shop of madness. Can't write for this brain, this bald asshole. Uh, Brandon Carvalho in the Super Chat follows up saying, I want Daniel Bryan to win it, but I think Heel Seth will take it. Now, let's ask this question. If Heel Seth Rollins, someone says Lars Sullivan, Matt Riddle, R-Truth. Uh, if we do get Heel Seth Rollins winning Raw Rumble, have we ever had back-to-back -back Rumble winners being the same, but one year they were a good guy and one year they were a bad guy? Probably but I can't think of one. So if you can think of one again, let me know in the chat. I don't want to see Seth Rollins win it again. I like different winners. I like it when they come up with someone new because I think the Royal Rumble is such a stepping off point and Seth Rollins, regardless of what we think of him, is already a star. I mean, that makes me a hypocrite because I just said Daniel Bryan, but I just think I've wanted that for so long. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could do it. I don't think it, it wouldn't be a bad choice, you know, again, because he, he is a top guy. But yeah, I can't think of uh, I can't think of a time that there's been back to back the same winner in one year that they made such a transformation. The Seth journey over 2019 probably needs a video all of itself. It's pretty crazy. Sean Gearhorn in Super Chat says, do you think they cut from the end of the women's match at TLC so quickly because of Kyrie Sane? I've seen a few people say this. Probably, maybe, but we'll, we'll never know. I mean, the thing for me is, <laughs> so you'll, you'll, you'll switch up the end of your pay-per-view to protect her, but you won't protect it in the match when she's involved in... <laughs> in combat seems very strange to me but maybe they did maybe that was the idea they said like do the brawl it takes the focus of Kyrie Sane and then we can stay on air for however long that we have to we can get her out of there again as we mentioned earlier just get her out of there whenever uh Royal Rumble winners Mojo Rawley <laughs> Shawn Michaels Triple H Heel Rollins wins the Rumble and takes on Roman Reigns at Mania Raw versus Smackdown I love you but don't please don't do that I can't handle any more brand destruction Again, it, it, it triggers my wrestling nerd brain because I'm an asshole. Simon Miller is the winner of the Rumble. Even I don't think I should win the Rumble. Do you know how many people would turn on me? That's Roman Reigns type push. I got to earn, earn that Royal Rumble win. And a lot of people saying Kevin Owens as well. Um, someone says Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Someone said well, whatever's in Rowan's cage. We didn't talk about Rowan's cage. I have put WWE on a two-week a two-week window to uh, to tell me what's in Rowan's cage, or at least progress that storyline. I can't believe now for like five weeks we're just in the same thing with jobbers. Like, why is Eric Rowan even fighting jobbers? Why do they care what's in the cage? None of it makes any sense. I'm so worried what's in that cage now because I care. That's the problem. I'm an idiot. I don't remember what happened in the past. I let my expectations run wild. And I say this on ups and downs. It's going to be Doink the Clown. It's going to be flipping Doink the Clown, and I'm going to be devastated. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Uh, we will see what happens. A lot of people say Matt Riddle and they wanted to take on Lesnar at WrestleMania. I think Lesnar is taken from WrestleMania. I do totally believe they're doing Tyson Fury versus um, Brock Lesnar. They wanted to do it at Crown Jewel, but then Cain Velasquez came along, so they changed suit. And Tyson Fury keeps mentioning Brock Lesnar's names in interviews over here. I think Brock Lesnar versus WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar versus WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar versus WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar versus Tyson Fury is going to happen at WrestleMania 36. I really think that. It will change depending on what happens in his fight with Deontay Wilder. But I assume Tyson Fury thinks he will win. And that's a whole different conversation. And then he'll use that momentum to try and, again, cement his celebrity status in America by, again, being in a massive match at WrestleMania. Not saying that's good, not saying it's bad, just saying I can, uh, I can see it happening. Someone says Samoa Joe, wouldn't mind that at all. Boogeyman's worm, that's the weirdest answer so far. Tyson Fury to win the Rumble? I don't think they do that. I think they know fans will crap on it too much because, um, yeah, that's just, uh, that's just how we see the world. Interesting. All right, cool. I like it. So we've got a few minutes to go. So I throw in some questions in the chat and I'll answer as many as I can. Uh, 2 p.m., of course, uh, we'll head on over to What Culture Wrestling together and we can watch Ups and Downs live. The other thing I'll pimp out right now is I don't use Facebook a lot, but I get a lot of interaction on Facebook. So I've set up a, a profile page. So if you search for Simon Miller and as awful as it sounds, you look for the profile picture of me doing a classic wrestling pose half naked as you do when you're a wrestler. Give that a like and you can stay up to date with my wrestling dates and some pictures and some video footage and all of that kind of stuff we also have a facebook group for the podcast you can search for that too uh, there's something else i wanted to pimp out oh yeah of course simonmiller.bigcartel.com you can get in your last orders for christmas this week should you want to <laughs> give somebody some simon miller christmas presents which is the dumbest thing in the world and again patreon.com for simon 316 is how i do all of this and one last shout out to pinsandknuckles.com and pinsandknucklesmerch.com for supporting simon's pro wrestling podcast they sent me some extra teas this week well they're going to i need to get back to an email which i found in my spam account today thanks a lot gmail uh somebody wants adam cole in the rumble they'll take on bray white at wrestlemania keep on dreaming uh, what do i think is in the cage oh, i don't know i how can i tell hornswoggle doink the clown a giant egg vince mcmahon uh paul Heyman's lost hair i have absolutely no idea i honestly don't i don't see what can be in that cage that is going to be a satisfying payoff i thought like they backed themselves into a corner which is another problem i had with tlc right and I knew it wasn't going to be anything big. I went for the Street Profits. I thought they were going to do a, a little trick. But when you have surprise uh, opponents, surprise, you know, whatever, and it's the people you see on television every week, you're like, why don't you just announce them? It's like when Lacey Evans was the referee. Like, okay, it's good, but you didn't have to pretend it was a surprise. It feels like a bait and switch. And eventually you get Boy Who Cried Wolf. Uh, do you think Dana Brooke will win the Women's Rumble? No, but I appreciate your love for her. Who's your favorite wrestler of all time? Bret Hart, Stone Cold, Steve Austin. Depends on the eras we're looking at. Uh, how much wrestling do you watch every single week? A lot. I watch Raw, I watch SmackDown, I watch AEW, I watch AEW Dark, and last week I watched a pay-per-view. Some people say that I don't watch them all. I do watch them all. And that's why sometimes I miss things or make mistakes. It's the other way around. I watch so much that my brain is overloaded. But as I always say, I'm very blessed and I'm very lucky to do this job. If you had told me this was going to be my career when I was 13, I would have done a backflip. So I'm incredibly appreciative and I know I'm in a very privileged position and I will never do anything to take that for granted. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart, regardless of what anybody thinks. Uh, Gene Snitsky's baby is in the cage. Well, if so, he'll boot it into the crowd. Uh, Repo Man is his favorite wrestler, of course. It's true. I do love Repo Man. People think that's a joke as well, but it's uh, but it's not. 
Um, Zach Haskins has said that uh, his grandfather passed away yesterday. Well, dude, I mean, I would never read that out, but uh, not in a bad way, but I never want to sort of expose people's personal problems. But as you put it there, I hope you're doing all right, Zach. I've been there. It's horrible. It's, well, it's always horrible regardless. But uh, you said that my videos bring you a bit of cheer, dude. Most humbling thing you could say. I'm, I've said this time and time again. Sometimes I just upload videos. Even right now when I'm doing this, I forget that people are watching. It's almost like I enter this different space. But whatever I can do, man, is my... Again, I use the word... I use it again. It's a privilege. It really, really is if that's um, what I'm able to do. And uh, you will be okay in time. And that means nothing now. But just remember, we've all been there. Everybody watching has been there. So I hope you're, um, I hope you're doing all right. Can we get Simon versus Orange Cassidy on AEW Dark? Dude, I'd never say no. I would jump into that uh, you know, two-footed. Simon, if you could pick your own theme song, who would it be by Metallica? Never happened because they charged a million pounds. But that, having a custom theme song by Metallica would be awesome. Slipknot would be good. System of a Down. Megadeth I'd take. Yeah, not into, in, as much into Megadeth as I was. Motorhead if Lemmy was still around. But you couldn't do that because Triple H overdid it. Symphony X. There's a more niche one. They'll be cheaper. Symphony X are a really good band. Uh, who from the Undisputed Era besides Adam Cole would be the biggest star? I mean, I don't know. <sighs> Kyle O'Reilly, maybe, because he's quite quirky and weird. Vince McMahon would probably like him. Shout out to Sean Gearhart in Super Chat as well. Did you watch your father on the New Stone Cold show? Pretty good stuff. We should talk about that. I love this New Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast series. It's so good just to have on the background and listen. He had Goldberg on this week. You learned loads of stuff. You know, one point he told Scott Hall to go F himself for some reason. <laughs> don't know what that was about. Yeah, it was a great chat. Shout out to my dad for doing it. It's just because, as opposed to going for headlines, Steve Austin is just having a chat. It's a lot like his show that he had on Podcast One or whatever it was, but on the network. Easy, the best thing they've got right now. I hope they start doing it at least once a month with a... I hope there's a lineup, so I know January I've got this person, February I've got this person. Uh, it's really, really well done. Really, really good. Sometimes Stone Cold Steve Austin is hilarious because he's glaring at them like he's pissed off, but that's just how he looks at people. Yeah, it was really good, Sean. I really liked it. I thought Goldberg came across... Uh, Gelberg came across well and I just I like learning these little tidbits like I think I knew that he wanted to be called the hybrid but hearing it from his mouth kind of confirms it and you know how he kind of found pro wrestling training easy I, I admire Goldberg's honesty especially when it comes to that he wasn't that passionate as a wrestling fan that's fine he found success in it and all that matters you get football players that do that sports people in general actors don't really like acting but they're good at it so you know more, more power to them I will never I will never hold that against anybody um, I honestly am disappointed with the Daniel Bryan capture payoff. I think it's cool he's back to his old self, but how did he get free? Why was he the new face in the funhouse but never on it? Dude, wait till SmackDown, man. He may have a really cool story about how he was traveling through the desert with the big show. and they <laughs> okay. I'm just going to leave that there as a niche reference. If you get that reference, just put it in the comments now. The weirdest promo of all time that went on for 100 years. That must be 20 years old now, me and Shaw, riding through the desert on our hogs. I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate Biker Taker. Um, someone says Daniel Bryan is facing Kevin Owens at WrestleMania 36. I don't see how you're going to do that. They're both faces. Uh, I think they'll go in, uh, I think they'll go in opposite directions. And on that note, we will wrap things up for the day. Again, in three minutes time, make sure you head on over to What Culture Wrestling. You can join me live for ups and downs. See what I thought on Raw from an up and down perspective. You may be surprised about some of the stuff if you haven't listened to this whole podcast. But yeah, if you could subscribe to my channel, that would be great. I'd love to get to 100,000 subscribers, mostly because my YouTube channel is dumb and it would kind of give me some satisfaction to know that 
being passionate and doing what you want to do as opposed to what you think you should do does sometimes pay off. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Simon316. SimonMiller.BigCartel.com. SimonMiller.BigCartel.com is where you can get my merchandise. Patreon.com forward slash SimonMiller316 is where you can support me if you like anything I do. Even if it's a dollar. Like, I mean, that sounds ridiculous, but even a dollar helps. You know, It all adds up and it just allows me to free up the time of the day to, to do this stuff. And I, I massively appreciate that people watch to begin with. Uh, and I think that's all of it. That's all my pimping done. Again, ups and downs over on what culture you're watching this live. Shout out to the podcast crew as well. I do appreciate that you continue to listen to me on there as well. I completely appreciate it must be a bit weird listening back to a live show. But again, talking about the evolution that the podcast has had or the show, I wanted to make sure that I catered to both audiences at the same time. And this was the best way to do it. And that's that. So yeah, we're coming up to the end of the year. We'll try and smash out another podcast next week. Uh, we'll obviously do more this week, but it's the Christmas week. And I travel around a lot for Christmas. I have a lot of people to see, but I will do my best. Um, so thank you so much, as always, for joining me. It does mean a lot. Um, it's Tuesday. Just have a good Tuesday, I guess. I was trying to think of something like pithy to say. I've got nothing. Just have a damn good Tuesday. <laughs>